first, Alabama State Bar Rules of Professional Conduct require the following language in all attorney communications. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other lawyers. My name's Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. Got my buddy Paul Ripp here with me today. How you doing, Paul? Real good. Ready to get it on number 34 on this absolutely gorgeous day. It is a gorgeous day, and uh, we have our tech with us today. Nick, you out there? I sure am. All We've right, got the so, beaches up and ready to go. All right, so uh, uh, Corona toes in the sand with a beer in my hand. Um, so give us a give us a look at the beach. I'm going to turn it over to you for a second. Well, right now we've got people going flooding to the beach. I mean, there were a few people on before the beach actually officially opened, but now you can see people have just went and flocked to it. And I'm only expecting it to go and increase as we get into tomorrow because it's going to be nice weather and you're going to have a whole bunch of people wanting to get out. Well, it is 5.01 p.m., um, our stay at home order has officially expired one minute ago and the beaches are open. Now it's my understanding that nobody's supposed to be out there with a chair or anything. You're supposed to beach comb and see those folks right there. That's not supposed to be happening is my understanding. Well, it'll be interesting to see this in about 30 minutes too. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to it. Um, so Nick, if you would, uh, let me, let me take control again yep. and uh, we'll get into a little bit of, uh, who shot John and what's going on around these here parts. Um, it is, uh, it is interesting to me. Um, I would say that in this one instance, the governor, um, should be commended because, uh, she was under a lot of pressure especially from the people down here in Baldwin County to open this daggone beach and open, uh, open the state in general. And of course we haven't met our state is nowhere near 14 days of declining cases. As a matter of fact, um, Paul, I shared a, an article on al.com where 41% of all the new cases this week have been in Mobile County. They they're, they're at a uh, 1,010 cases right now. And here you see Baldwin County. Um, we're actually at 6,978 cases um, in Alabama. Um, the We've tested 75,000 people. The population of Alabama is just under 5 million. So if my math is correct, and it always is, 1.5% of the people in Alabama have been tested. So there is no way that... Uh, that we should be opening ourselves up for business. You know I mean? There's a good article in Lanyap uh, by the numbers, Jason Johnson, and it's where officials discuss COVID-19 statistics uh, as Alabama is lifting uh, restrictions. And those of you that want to see how they're trying to rearrange the statistics where they're easier to read and uh, gathering more data, that's a very good article to go to. Well, if you'll just take a look at the screen, and last week, you know, I showed you the, the first time we looked at the board, it was March 24th, and there were 242 cases. Then last time, 56-54, and right now, this was 66-87, and like I said, we're at almost uh, 7,000 cases in Alabama, just shy of it right now. 
Yeah. Um, and you can see from this week, uh, last week to this week, um, how our color code changed in Mississippi. Um, Tennessee went up, went from uh, went from red to uh, this uh, rust color, um, which you don't want to be over ten thousand. Trust me. And uh, of course, you see Louisiana, and like I said, everybody along this I ten corridor is going to be um, over ten thousand before it's over with. At least that's my opinion. So uh, here's what's uh, here's what's new about the safer at home order. Um, you're encouraged to stay at home. Businesses may open subject to sanitation and so social distancing guidelines. Certain high-risk businesses are not allowed to open. Um, here is the proceed with caution updated statewide COVID-19 health order for Alabama. And um, we put this order is on our Facebook page also, but uh, this is the the order in its entirety as amended just a few days ago. And it's, as you see right here, April 30th at five o'clock, um, the, these, uh, these regulations have changed and what is not open are nightclubs, bowling alleys, arcades, concert venues, theater, tourist attraction, racetracks, indoor playground, adult entertainment venues, all them girls starving out there. Paul. Hairdressers hairdressers, casinos, bingo halls, fitness centers, gyms, yoga, sports activities. That's what, like two more barber, weeks? Barbershops, hair salons. That's right. So uh, waxing salons, uh, nail salons, body art, massage therapy. And then, of course, it says here, it says the beaches uh, shall be open to gatherings of fewer than 10 persons. Anyone using the beach must maintain a six-foot constant distance between himself or herself or other members of different households. So I don't know how you're going to police all that. And um, so back to the governor, I thought she's done a pretty good job on this thing. Um, one person who's done a, a, a not so good job, in my opinion, is Mayor Stinson over there in Mobile. Um, he's He's got a mess on his hands, and he has, argue, he has argued that we should, should should have never shut down in the first place and should certainly get back to work as soon as possible um i don't know what and, and so here paul you and i talked the other day about who's responsible for getting the tests here because right. i was i was saying you know hell we don't even have we don't even have tests available in baldwin county for the sheriff's department employees to be tested now, that's pretty pathetic they had to go to Mobile County and beg off some tests to see to have our corrections officers and sheriff's department uh, deputies tested. Well, and the test, that, the, the test, Harry, is one thing. What should go along with it is that the test should give you the result in uh, 24 hours, and that test result should go into some sort of database. If that's not happening, then the testing is only convincing you. You know what I mean? Well, uh, okay, but uh, if I'm running a jail, I want to know that my employees are not sick when you know right. from from being out. And that that's exactly what's happening in Mobile, and then on the other side of us to our east in Pensacola, um, especially Pensacola. I don't know if you've seen that about that nursing home over there, but they've got like forty patients at the nursing home that have coronavirus, and then like twenty five staff members. So. 
uh, just like the nursing home here in Baymanette, the William F. Green Veterans Home, you know, you haven't been able to go out there and see your loved one for several months, and yet they have coronavirus presence there because the staff's going in and out. And if you can't test them periodically, you're, you're not protecting anybody because you don't know who's sick. So right. the, the, the short answer to that is it is the state health department. They are sending the test where they think the tests are needed. And they think there's more testing need in Mobile County than over here. And I don't know how you think you can open all this up with having tested 1.5% of the population. You have no idea who's sick and who isn't. And of course, the president hasn't done us any favors. You know, he's the, uh, what, what did I hear? The, the social distancing federal order, he, he's going to just let it expire. <laughs> what kind of message does that send? Well, I think that what's going to happen is that it's going to take a couple of three more weeks before the testing, like I'm talking about, even gets here. So I, and, and by that time, we're going to see what type of effect we have by opening up. And we've got very, very good hard data for the last three or four weeks. So it's going to be obvious to see what happens in the next two weeks. Right um, here's the big issue I see, okay? And that I, is it's going to take us three weeks to know that actually I, our beach throw, cam. Throw that beach cam back up while you're talking, dude. All right. Right here's the main issue I see is that it's going to be three weeks before we even know the effects of reopening. And by then, it's going to be really too late to go and put those measures back into place and slow the spread. No doubt there's going to be another hump. It's just a question of whether it's going to be a, a surge that overwhelms our system or not. Um, so, so here's one interesting thing. After being the biggest douche in the room on this thing, um, the city of Orange Beach has decided they're not going to allow people on Alabama Point or to park under the bridge, you know, on the on the uh, east side of the pass. You know how no. you can park under the bridge and walk out to Alabama Point? All that, <clears throat> all that shut down. So what we want is we want people to come down and stay in their condo and enjoy the beach in front of their condo, but we don't want the unwashed masses from North Baldwin or anywhere else coming down and enjoying their public beach. You see right. what I'm getting because at? Public, public access is shrinking all of the time. Of course it is. You know, that, yeah. that, uh, those statistics you were talking about, that's in that same uh, article by the numbers. And it was a hundred residents and employees tested positive, And that resulted in 10 deaths. And then at the Metro jail, 17 employees and 22 inmates have uh, tested positive with no deaths yet. But those were the two clusters over there that broke out. I see. Well, here's the latest and greatest um, what's live on the internet right now. We'll see if it's changed any. 7,000. Hey, we went over 7,000 just as we opened the beaches, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations. And let's see what Mobile did. Oh, 1,057 cases. So another 60 case, 50 cases since I updated my map this morning. Interesting. Uh, well, all in counties at 174. So we picked one up today. 
Well, the milestone that registered with me is that the Vietnam War was 20 years long and we lost 58,220. That's the casualties that we had during that war. During the Afghan-Iraq War, that was 19 years. And in that 19-year war, we uh, this is around 2,400 right now. So that's 60,600. So in 39 years of war, where we lost 60,600 people, we have lost more than that in 60 days. So anybody thinks this is a hoax, better think again. All right, Paul, let's move on to uh, some legislative news. Um, We talked about a little bit about this last time. Uh, We've been told that the Alabama legislature will meet um, starting May 4th, and they will will pass a budget, and they will take up some local bills, and everything else is going to die on the vine. Is that what you've heard? Correct. Uh, Dale Leash, this is in Lanyap this week, and I'm glad to see Lanyap is uh, starting to pick up some advertising, getting a little bit thicker again. Everybody get their copy. But back to the grindstone, local legislators balk at the plan to reconvene on session May 4th. Uh, Vivian Figures and Chris Pringle, uh, both of Mobile, are you know, raising hell, why should they go back? They question the safety and returning to the Capitol building. Uh, and that building, if anybody's ever been in it, uh, is the old highway department building. You can't cross, you could, you're rubbing elbows with somebody going down the hall. Uh, our Senator Greg Albritton wants to go ahead uh, as soon as possible. And for transparency concerns, he's uh, assuring that the meeting will be broadcast on Alabama Public Television. Uh, It would also be live stream on the legislature's website. Now, the problem is, uh, the issue is the state constitution mandates that all bills in progress during the session uh, to be automatically killed at midnight on May 18th when the session reaches its 105th day. And this is what uh, Chris Pringle is trying to move towards, uh, even altering that or changing the mandate or doing something. They don't know exactly what's going on up there right now. So we'll just have to see. But the uh, the uh, medical marijuana thing and a couple of others, that's dead. That's gone. Hey, Paul, um, I wanted to uh, share this real quick with you. All right. To my fellow Alabamians, I know y'all want the beauty supply stores and the barber shops and the nail salons open, but y'all just gonna have to be ugly out here until we figure this out. It's a lot going on. They done woke me up from my daily nap and my jello pudding, but I just want to address y'all to tell y'all that we gonna overcome this as a peoples. Yes. It's a lot going on. The beach is going to open up, though. So y'all can go out there and put your feet in the water. Way in the water. Yeah. And these restaurants, y'all going to remain carry-out only and drive through. Y'all ain't going to be throwing no Popeye sandwich and french fries back at these people on my watch. Yeah. And to the hoochie mamas, 
the club gonna remain closed too. Y'all ain't gonna be running from no gunshots with them first sandals on on my watch. Yeah, like I said, back in the house you go. See y'all later. Goodbye. This your girl Ivy. <laughs> and I, I saw that on youtube yeah okay well only only on backstory podcast you get little nuggets like that no one else is going to show you that kind of stuff are they well boss? i i agree with you though that uh, i think the governor did the right thing i don't know how she could have done you know she tried to hold it over the whole thing over for another two or three weeks so i think everybody was totally freaked out so um, I think dividing it in half is uh, the best it could have been done right now. And let's just pray to God that, you know, it isn't a really, really serious mistake. So, so Paul, I want to talk to you a little bit about when, when I hear something and it just sounds absurd. Um, yesterday, there was an article posted uh, to the, uh, I guess this is the press register website, al.com about the Baltimore County Sheriff's Office arrested a man Wednesday morning for allegedly having a pipe bomb in his possession. Paul Boykin, 46 of Loxley, was arrested and charged with possession of a destructive device or biological weapon, according to jail records. Boykin is being detained at the Baltimore County, it says Bowen County Metro Jail on a $25,000 bond for felony charge. Um, they said they found the pipe bomb in his vehicle during a traffic stop. Does that well, blow your skirt up a little? Does, does that make I mean, your... what, what are you doing driving around with a pipe bomb in the car? Uh, <laughs> hell if I know, but uh, apparently... I wonder if it was in the back seat over the gas tank. Just a, just a lucky break. Just a lucky break, Paul. I'm sure that's all <laughs> it was. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Fairhope. Um, they did a... Uh, let's see here... I guess it was the council uh, met the other day. Uh, tell me about that. How did how did that? So they've suspended uh, public participation at the same well, time that the McSherry case gets dismissed, where people might want to show up and bitch about something. You know what I mean? And well, then, correct. and so this was a special called meeting where they came up with this reopen Fairhope stuff. Uh, yes, the, the meeting the other night on Monday, uh, the um, several different issues were addressed there. At that time, uh, there was quite a debate between the, uh, well, it was kind of a confrontation, angry confrontation between the mayor and uh, Council President Burrell over the golf course, of all things. They've been arguing over the damn golf course for weeks. And the mayor did close it originally. Well, that, that, uh, that argument is over with, my friend, according well, to this infographic. No, that's correct. That's correct. So uh, the council was complaining or Burrell was complaining to her that the golf course was closed. She told him that she told him weeks ago that he could open it up. The council could. Whenever they did, they could take the action. They had not taken the action in three weeks and people were complaining even more and if they wanted to change it they could do it that night and true to form they immediately changed the agenda added that to the agenda open up the golf course <laughs> so everybody's happy that the golf course got open that's primary i guess that's essential then um 
Uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, Wednesday, they had a special call meeting where they uh, have now implemented the May uh, 2nd, 4th, and 18th plan. All right, so, that's, so, so Saturday is May 2nd, uh, May 4th is Monday, and then uh, let's see, the 18th would be a week or two weeks from Monday. So that, I think that's all pretty ambitious to have um, City Hall, the library, the Nick Center, and the museum all open again. I'm and, anticipating, uh, and Saturday, the pier is going to open. How many people you think will come down to the pier? Uh, I'm predicting the pier and, uh, and places like the beach at certain spots in the beach are just going to be full, uh, because people have been cooped up too long and they got this impression that, okay, it's open. So it's safe. And, uh, you know, so you're going to have a lot of people that are, and tomorrow is supposed to be absolutely gorgeous like today. Well, I, and I think, you know, the governor made a very strong stand on this and, and, uh, she was very clear that we are far from out of danger, especially down here on the coast. And I don't know. I just think people are getting mixed signals and it's not a good thing. I um, definitely think they're getting mixed signals. So, Paul, tell me, what, what was the RIP report about this week? A uh, wonderful Wednesday RIP report was about the same council meeting that we're talking about. And uh, one of the things that uh, uh, gets you is you, you go to these council meetings or you watch the work sessions. Now, you can watch the work session or the council meeting on YouTube. You can go to the Fairhope main page up at the top right-hand corner. You'll see a YouTube channel. You can go to that. And you can go and watch the meetings yourself. But anyway, at this particular meeting, uh, two things were uh, discussed. And the um, first one in the work session, uh, which almost took 50 minutes of the one hour work session, was the first peak. And this, this also was covered in an article in Lanyap, Fairhope and Vales, uh, designed for $6.2 million peer project. Now, uh, this is the first peak at a conceptual plan to redesign the space surrounding its landmark pier and, and park and public beaches. Uh, the 6.2 million working waterfront and bluff stabilization project funded by the Restore Act through the Alabama Gulf Coast Recovery Council. The design engineering phase was awarded to Goodwill Mills Kaywood. Goodwill Mills and Kaywood. MC. Huh? Yeah. Goodwill Mills and Kaywood, they've been feedback, around for a while. A lot of feedback back from the citizens through surveys and workshops. Now, uh, you should see the, this is about a 10 acre park with 1500 feet of uh, waterfront. And the main objective is to reinforce pedestrian connectivity. Uh, and there's also in Lanyap, uh, one, I believe this is one of the online articles, uh, shows a lot of the drawings the um one thing i like about it is that it has uh jetties that are going to be introduced to the south beach and in, in a uh, more sandy beach a very good design um several of the councilmen um asked some questions mr brown's question was to the uh, uh with the top of the park 
be eliminated and it would not be, it's not going to be touched at all. It's just going to have a grade that comes all the way down and make it a lot more walkable down to the bottom. And, um, uh, uh, councilman, uh, Boone, his concern, very good concern was the seawall. How are you going to uh, reinforce the seawall? And the jetties that they look like they're putting in are riprap. So I'm thinking that they probably will riprap or, or step down. If you've ever seen them uh, where uh, instead of a wall, they just make very long sweeping steps that go down into the sea. That's kind of one of the best ones that was done. Now this, this project was proposed to the Gulf Coast uh, Recovery Council um, uh, by uh, the mayor and there's been good three and a half years working on it. Jimmy Conyers, Councilman Conyers has been working on it. He went into a big explanation to everybody as to how many events, public participation, everything that was involved. One of the things that was stressed was that the project now is ready to move ahead. And one of the time consuming things is the permitting. So they needed a nod to go ahead with the permitting or go ahead with the project. Uh, so where they could go to the next step. The All I know is if there, if there's one place you're going to get hit by an old person in Fairhope, it is right there at that intersection at the top of the pier. Yeah. And well, that, that is supposed to their gateway intersection improvements. Well, I don't see much improvement there. I see a couple of sidewalks. It's like a, well, I, I know that there is a difference up there because I read that they were doing a design difference on the road in that very point that you're talking about. But, uh, but what was surprising was that the council was, uh, you know, pretty much in favor of everything. There was no real objection. They have been behind this for three and a half years and they took no action, nothing, zero, no, no comment, no reinforcement or anything. Well, the next meeting is until May 11th. So here we are, two weeks, two and a half weeks, going to have to wait again to bring up and say the exact same thing again. Uh, but that article is in the um, Lanyap. Also, uh, what we covered was the uh, mayor's marketing plan. The mayor had a marketing plan that she wanted to introduce to uh, the city to try to predict or help coming out of this with the tourism as well as exposure for the small businesses. And uh, she was asking for $65,000. And one thing that she uh, uh, came up with was that the city of Fairhope, listen to this, Harry, the city of Fairhope is the only municipality in the 14 in Baldwin County that takes no gas tax. The average gas tax for the city or municipal is 1%. So she's proposing to get one half of a cent of that and, and uh, impose the gas tax, which they've never done. All right, then. Sounds like uh, a great uh, idea. What are you yeah. going to do with the money? How much money is it going to raise? Do you, are you going to, uh, do you, do you already have a, uh, a street repavement improvement program that's well, no, based this is, on this figures is our, and numbers is, and trips per day? Well, this is one of the suggestions in going towards this marketing plan, which well, is 65,000. So, so Paul, let me say this. You yep. and I both know that before Mayor Wilson was elected, 
the decision to pave a street was based on whose district it was in and who lived on that street. It was not based on need and it wasn't based on numbers or, or wear and tear or anything else as far as right. I'm concerned. Right. So, right. So, so long as here, here's where I would be if I, if I were a resident of Fairhope, so long as I know that the money is going for road improvements that are needed based on need, I would be fine with it. And it's one it's you know, it's a, it's a penny. You, you'll never notice it except when you drive down the streets in Fairhope, of course. It, it, that would create a, a, a pretty good little bit of revenue so long as they treated it as a restricted fund, which I'm sure they would have to. Well, everyone is collecting the tax except Fairhope. The same thing that they did with the original Walmart. They lost millions with Walmart because they forced them out of town and didn't accept them. And then... Well, Paul, they just latively had to annex them. You, know? you moved to a town founded by a bunch of damn weirdos. And now <laughs> you're bitching about how they do it. You know, the single tax colony um, and all that in the organic school and some other kind of weird stuff. Um, not not a, not run-of-the-mill history that you have in other places. Would you agree? Well, I agree, and we're going to get to that in another article. And, and, the, right? and the fact, and the fact that uh, are you a fee simple landowner where you are, or do no. you just have a lease and then then the no. Fairhope Fairhope Land I'm Company in, owns the dirt under your feet, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, that, that's a whole that's a long damn podcast that we'd have to do and get oh, into oh, oh, some boy, real good dirty business uh that went on back in those days but anyway um, the, the, this this marketing plan you know uh the federal government is spending literally trillions trying to keep everything on track so you know having a marketing plan i think is pretty smart the other thing is that hey the, hey paul you know what would be a great marketing plan what if people that beat the shit out of women got prosecuted in your town <laughs> I, I'm I'm just saying I mean, move to Fairhope, get knocked off a bar stool, everybody'll uh treat you like a leper. Well about that. Well, the what got me was that you had a first a waterfront project spent three and a half years and the council took new no action. Then you had a suggestion on the uh, marketing plan to do something to help open up. The other suggestion was lodging tax, which is at 6%, raise it to seven, which most people are at already. And uh, they balked at it. Now, here's the part that gets me, Harry. We're talking about a $65,000 uh, deal of, of, of marketing plan. The city of Fairhope annually donates $35,000 to Baldwin County Economic Development Alliance, $15,000 to the Eastern Shore Chamber of Commerce, and Eastern Shore Chamber of Commerce is the entire Eastern Shore. And um, Those are both contracts for services. Correct. Uh, and the Downtown Business Association. Yeah. Now, the Downtown Business Association and Chamber uh, are member-based. However, that's, that's the type of... Uh, promotion that we're getting so spread out that is very little bit so at 65,000 the same council raised their salary and full family insurance for the entire council that was over 125,000 just for that 
and they can't do anything on, on this. Then to make it worse, and you've got to read the RIP report because it gives examples of like the, uh, uh, the wreck land and everything else that went down for 2.65 million. And here we can't get 65,000 for marketing. But um, uh, so all of this is being talked about. They don't go for the marketing plan. They don't say anything about the uh, waterfront project. And then when they get to the council, the first thing that really comes up that creates a fuss is the damn golf course. So it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And all of this is going on with no public participation. No public participation at all. I know of no other town in Alabama that has no public participation at this time. And they're continuing to go right on with their job, with their work. All right. So I'm skipping back on you. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to do some coronavirus for a second. So infirmary health has announced that they will begin doing elective surgery, surgical procedures tomorrow, May 1st. So do you remember the CDC guidelines for them doing elective surgical procedures? They have uh, to have, they have to have 14 days worth of PPEs on hand. They, they have to only have 40% of their ICU beds in use. In other words, they have to have 60% capacity in case there's another bump. And, um, you know, like last week they were asking people to bring homemade face masks up here to North Baldwin infirmary. So uh, I understand they want to get back to the, you know, here's something that you and I talked about. How much money is it saving the government by people not getting sick? I mean, have you considered that, that savings? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah really. there, 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 there's some, there's some, uh, balance sheets that are pretty goofed up, but when you think about what it costs, for someone who's on Medicare or Medicaid or don't have any insurance to walk in and get uh, put on a ventilator for three weeks, there's no telling what that cost, what the actual cost is. And then on the other side of the ledger, they can't do elective surgeries where they make money. Right. So right. what I'm afraid of is they're shuffling their PPEs around a certain few of these hospitals so they can say, Oh, well this hospital, we have X number so we can start doing breast implants and, uh, plastic surgery, you know, other plastic surgery, surgery procedures and things, you know, hip replacements are some things that are lucrative for these guys to do. Um, well, um, again, in Lanyap this week, Jason Johnson wrote this one, uh, furloughs, reduced hours, hospital, hospitals prepare to resume elective procedures after financial hit from COVID-19. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, uh, the elective surgeries and the lack of money coming in is really hitting these hospitals hard. Very interesting article covers several, several of the um, hospitals in the area. And that's in Lanyap this week as well. So Baldwin County, the, another thing that Lanyap posted yesterday on Twitter was Baldwin County schools evaluating effects of declining revenues. You know, that, that place is just, they've been building schools steady since 1990 I, yep. I don't i can't think of a time when we didn't have a school under construction in this county or being renovated or something and um yeah that's something to think about uh mr tyler and all you developers and uh people that want to 
move, move here and be the last person to move here. Uh, one thing I did want to remind everybody of, I think it's tonight is the uh, season finale or the last episode from Etowah County of 60 days in on A and E. And of course my former employers responsible as ever have decided to open the Etowah County courthouse uh, on Monday. So that, that was a, a, a little Twitter update for you. And uh, my handle is at Backwood South too. Do you have a Twitter handle, Paul? No. <laughs> I know Reigns does, and it's something like damn dirty Russian. or uh, We'll figure it out and throw it up. Um, so, Paul, take it home for us. What else you got? Well, the last uh, uh, big one that I've got was the cover story this week in Lanyap, um, A Tale of Two Cities. Uh, this was written by Lynn Olshue, who is a investigative journalist for Lanyap and a reporter for Alabama Public Radio. She's is also it this Lanyap? Pardon me? Is it this Lanyap? It's this Lanyap, yes. Yes. And she's a reporter for Alabama Public Radio and also a storyteller with our Southern Soul. She also posts on um, Fairhope Now and uh, a lot of her... Uh, uh, things that she sponsors and posts are very humanitarian and in line with that. But this is uh, this article is a, the cover article, and it's called "A Tale of Two Cities." Even before COVID nineteen crisis, many Fairhope residents struggled to make ends meet. Many outsiders do not see the other side of Fairhope, but the crisis has only served to exacerbate the gap between the affluent and the working poor. Now, in the last years, I've always called Fairhope Fauxhope, F-A-U-X hope, simply because you think you understand it by looking at it, but you don't. But you don't. Particularly the po politics and the African-American community has always referred to the other city as no hope. So uh, uh, very much uh, enjoyed reading the article. I hope people will, uh, especially people in Fairhope, everybody in Fairhope should have to read this. Uh, so where they do know the medium home price in Fairhope, by the way, is $425,000. So you can see that if you're a waitress or you're working like that, or if you're uh, in that situation, uh, it's going to be pretty hard. The medium rent for an apartment is $1,096. All right. Um, and the, uh, oh, let's see, they're talking about 100 to 135 families with uh, Fairhope addresses are being fared, uh, fed at this point at Prodigy Pantry each month. <coughs> Pardon me. Dean Servos, uh, the agency executive director, said, um, a family of four making less than 33475 per year qualifies for the food assistance. However, the first four weeks of expanded service between March and April, uh, Protestant served 3,045 families. More than 900 had never used a pantry, and 32% were from the eastern shore. Um, so... Let's see. Oh, one of the other things that's happening too, they're talking about is the amount of uh, pets. They're getting 20 to 30 calls 
a day at the Baldwin County Humane Society. Uh, the article goes on to talk about the experiences of a couple of people as well. And, you know, what it's like to try to live in Fairhope. The one thing, and I mean, and they quote several different people. One of the things that you wouldn't think about is the payday loans of Advanced America is one of them. Candace Strong, she was talking about they do about 200 payday loans at any time. And they don't do any now because there's no payroll. Uh, and those loans generally cost $17 and 50 cents on a hundred borrowed. So those have just evaporated. Uh, Pastor Chris Bell at Three Circle Church said, Fairhope's prosperity and perfect surface is a veneer that covers many deeper problems. Wow, that's pretty much said right. Fairhope, people see Fairhope as a flourishing utopia where people build bigger and bigger houses with a boat, the perfect kids, the perfect life explained. But there's something darker underneath the veneer, under the surface of Fairhope, more families struggle than we want to admit or imagine. Some people are hurting, getting left behind and forgotten. I can tell you that my 16 years experience in politics in Fairhope that no mayor prior to Mayor Wilson ever did anything for the African-American community. And this council should be embarrassed because they're the ones that stood in the way of the African community getting the uh, recreation fields. Instead, the three councilmen elected to spend 2.65 on vacant land all the way at the airport. So, so, so Paul, if you and I were at the end of Fort Morgan road with a bottle of tequila, I would tell you a story about one of your former mayors who got into a federal lawsuit because they wouldn't annex an area, but they were selling power to an area. Oh yeah. Are, yeah, are yeah. you familiar with that? Oh yeah. And then that ended up with that, with Riviera taking the power over. I think that was a huge deal. Right. A huge deal. And it was all based on a bunch of racist idiots. <clears throat> right. Elected, elected officials. Excuse uh, me. But it's a very, very good article. People should read it. You should uh, uh, understand that, you know, there's a lot of people that are really, really hurting right now. And if you'd like to help, uh, you can, uh, in Baldwin County, you can donate to the Ecumenical Ministries, uh, Prodigy Pantry, the Hope Center at Three Circle Church or the benevolence fund at any of your churches. You can also donate to the Irby fund at the Baldwin County Humane Society to help cover the cost of um, medical care for owners who can't afford their pets. Um, the tale of two cities, no hope, faux hope and fair hope. I've always said that the major problem, 95% of fair hope, there are no problems. The 5% that's the problem is all politics. Every time it's politics. All right. Just, so like, just like this last meeting, just like this last meeting. Well, I want to switch gears on you a little bit. Uh, Go ahead. The, the court system, we don't have, you know, we, we have an order that's going to expire, but I haven't really heard anything definitive about when the courthouse is going to open or anything like that. But I did get a notice um, from the appellate court that uh, I guess our appeal times are, are back on. They were stayed for some period of time because of the shutdown. And um, 
So the appellate brief is due within 28 days from the date of reinstatement. So, um, they, they, they said go. And, uh, so at least in appellate practice, um, that, that seems to be business as usual. Well, um, I, I sent you a article pretty late right before we went on the air about the uh, district attorneys, you know, they're funded by the courts pretty much. And since the courts are shut down, now there's a fear that the district attorney offices throughout the state could run out of money by uh, September or October and couldn't even make payroll. So uh, that's uh, collateral from the COVID-19 case. I mean, uh, virus. Uh, and speaking of the district attorney, just to let everybody know in the McSherry case and Paula Donardi, we have, I have copied to the, FBI, district attorney, attorney general, all the letters that uh, were reviewed on the uh, last podcast. And so when we get an update on that, we'll let you know what's uh, going on. What you got, Eric? That's pretty much it for me. I'm, uh, I've had a, I've had a pretty good belly full of it this week. I don't know about you. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on that beach cam. Uh, we'll, we'll throw the link down in the description. Can you go back to it now? Uh, I don't know where Nick is. He's run off. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, there he is. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I was curious, curious. Oh yeah. That's quite a bit more activity picking up already. All right. So I'm going to leave they got the chairs. Look, they brought the chairs out. Oh, no doubt. I'm going to leave y'all with a little music and, um, I guess we'll have rains on next time. I had some technical difficulties with him, but this is, uh, this is interesting to see all the little ant show up on the, on the ant hill here. Um, what, what would you say the increase has been Nick? Oh God, it's been a lot. I mean, you figure whenever we started and there were a few families out there in the water and now you've got people sitting all across the beach and they're bringing out the darn chairs. Right. Right, right. Well, before we go, uh, let me remind everybody they can uh, uh, go to ripreport.com, Rip Report and Baldwin County Legal Eagle on Facebook. Of course, we have Ball, we have uh, Backstory Podcast. Uh, the Rip Report's not-for-profit. you got something you think we're interested in uh, talking about or should know, let us know. And God bless and have a safe weekend. Yeah, everybody be safe and uh, you guys be good. See you, Paul. All right, take care. Bye, Nick. Locked in the